we kind of have this core belief that that's, it's a good thing for people, for families, for communities, when people really have an ownership stake in, in the property they occupy. And also, you know, it's good for, uh, at least in the United States, traditionally, it's always been like a good um, uh, way for individuals and families to build kind of longer term financial security. So just by this kind of slow growth, then the value of equity that they have in their real estate. Um, but, you know, uh, over the years and really accelerated in the last few years, like it's becoming less and less accessible. So we started thinking about like, you know, how can we uh, utilize blockchain technology to address the problem? Welcome to Empower, the first real fire property platform on Cardano that combines emerging technology, sustainable building and decentralized financial inclusion. My name is Blaine and I'm the sustainability architect here at Empower and on this podcast we'll be sharing conversations based around Empower's three key principles of building, community and impact. If you want to join our journey and help us build a better future with Empower then make sure to subscribe and I hope you enjoy today's episode. Welcome back to the Empower Podcast. My name is Blaine, and today we're joined by Craig, founder, and Jimmy, the community manager over at GoKey, a project on Cardano, which is on a mission to help everyday people access wealth building benefits of property ownership. So thanks, Craig and Jimmy, for coming on the show. Thanks for having us. No worries at all. Um, Really excited for this podcast. There's, um, you know, a little bit of overlap between um, our project. So it'd be kind of cool to dive a bit deeper into what you guys are doing, um, how you got here and all that kind of stuff. Um, but maybe to start off with, we could start with some introductions, um, tell the podcast a bit about who you are, uh, what you do, maybe even a bit of background, how you got into maybe Cardano as well. That's normally quite interesting to talk about. Um, so Jimmy or Craig, maybe Jimmy, we, we could start with you first. I'll, I'll take the lead on that. How's everyone doing? My name is Jimmy. I'm, uh, I hail from beautiful Ohio in the United States. I, I do a lot of stuff on Cardano. I've been in crypto for a couple of years, not very seriously until about a year and a half ago, uh, dabbling in a couple other projects and really got into Cardano after just doing a lot of research on like what what the goals are, what you know, just it, it just seemed like a way it seemed way more well put together, I guess. The community was really strong. I remember hopping into a couple of Twitter spaces uh, because I'm, I'm a musician. Um, I also do some music stuff on Cardano, which is really fun. And I remember just hitting up some spaces and, and the, the, the level of community is just so different from some of the other places that I've been in. And I was like, okay, this is pretty much where I'm planting my flag. <laughs> and so I've just been trying to learn as much as I possibly can on Cardano. Uh, there's quite a bit to learn, uh, but developing here is, is really fun. I met Craig uh, in the early goings of uh, native assets because the Goki project just seemed like something really revolutionary and I, I liked it and we're both really big music uh, lovers. So we kind of hit it off and it started by me just uh, putting a couple of things together for him in terms of like his discord server. And, um, and now we are here and it's a beautiful thing. I love this guy. <laughs> <laughs> love it. Love it. Likewise, my friend. Let's go. 
<laughs> and yourself, Craig? Uh, yeah. Uh, well, hi, and uh, thanks for having us. Um, big, big Impala fans here. Um, a lot to like about your projects. So um, we've right back at you. Yeah, we've spoken <laughs> a little bit before. Uh, you know, we hosted a space with uh, Greg a while back, and um, you know, um, just always really like uh, the the whole team and kind of what you guys are working on. And uh, I do think we have a lot in common mm. in terms of, uh, you know, especially kind of like being mission driven and, you know, just trying to help people at, at a pretty basic level. But um, uh, I got into uh, Cardano kind of, uh, you know, I don't think anyone came here on a super traditional path, but uh, my background is in uh, real estate and uh, construction management and, um, I've dabbled in the crypto space, mostly just kind of speculating on tokens off and on since, um, you know, 2016, 2017, something like that. Just really watching the space. I've been like really interested in, you know, what are kind of the real world use cases for the technology? You know, how could, how could I use blockchain technology to improve things in the real estate and construction industries, which are, you know, pretty pretty antiquated and really sort of ripe for all kinds of digital um, transformation. Um, but so much of my work was always uh, uh, around contracts and contracting and, you know, disputes over contracts and, and things like that. And so, you know, really it was like not until like late 2020 when I was like, you know, started really to understand more about, smart contracts and starting to think about like, okay, you know, now I'm starting to see how these could be utilized in, uh, in the real estate space and probably in the construction space as well. And uh, so I said, man, I, I really want to uh, build a project and see, see what we can do. So, you know, basically um, Cardano really popped up on our radar because, you know, first of all, we just had to find, you know, what is the best smart contract platform to build on? You know, we looked at a handful, um, you know, obviously Ethereum, um, but, you know, we kind of had to make some decisions like, do we want to try to deploy quickly and build something and just get it out there? Or do we want to uh, think a little bit more uh, long-term uh, about what platform we want to build on and which one really seems to be building the most solid foundation for not just the next couple of years, but like five, 10, mm -hmm. hopefully longer, <laughs> more years down the road. And uh, really Cardano was checking all the boxes other, but it, you know, it was, it was clear is going to be probably more challenging to build on like in the immediate term, but we could see, you know, we started diving into the community and learning more about what kind of people are building there, what kind of tools, and tooling is is being built there. We started seeing things like Marlowe and, you know, now projects like Cardano Press, which we were talking about a little yeah, bit yeah. earlier, which was making it, uh, you know, people are pulling these like no code and low code tools together for Cardano, just like exist on other chains. So, you know, it's pretty much clear that a lot of really smart people were investing a lot of time and energy mm -hmm. and in building the right kind of tooling for Cardano to make a good long-term solution for us. So, um, you know, 
we looked at all the tech, but then we did kind of dive in and try to get to know what's the community like too. And uh, like Jimmy said, man, it's um, the people I've met in the community in real life and online, man, just like everything clicks and it's just some of the smartest, most interesting people I've met. And everyone seems to have, uh, you know, it's not just a, how rich can I get this year type of mindset? It's like, you know, how can I make money, but also make a positive impact in the world. So like, Mm. that's, super important to us and kind of what really sealed the deal ultimately. Yeah. I think that's a, yeah. Firstly, shout out to the Karana community. That's a common thing when I speak to people about the Karana community is the sense that, you know, maybe this is the bias coming out, but this Karana community does seem to be a bit different to many other crypto communities out there in this, in the sense that, um, that it's not just about the money. It's about kind of making a real world impact. This, this is something that so many people I speak to in the community are passionate about that. Um, not to say that that doesn't exist in other crypto communities, but I think this is a very prominent thing within the Cardano community, which is super cool. Um, yeah. And the fact about Cardano being, you landed on Cardano because of it being this, probably the strongest foundation um, to build on top of. And, you know, if we use kind of construction, construction kind of analogy, um, if you're building something like a skyscraper, you want to build that on a foundation of granite. Uh, and when I think of Cardano, I kind of think of it like a foundation of granite, to, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, like exactly. it's, it is, it's not, it is solid. It's not always easy to build on granite, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it can be harder and, yeah, yeah, tough on your tools, it. but you know that's exactly, exactly. Alrighty, so that's your stories in, into Cardano. Um, now, Goki, can you explain what what Goki is? Sure. Um, kind of the quick summary. Um, you know, we built this project. Uh, you know, like you said earlier, with the mission of uh, helping people access property ownership. Uh, whether that's like home ownership or, you know, a small business wanting the opportunity to buy the property, like that there maybe their retail location is in, or any or or anything else. Um, you know, we we kind of have this core belief that that's um, it's a good thing for people, for families, for communities when people really have an ownership stake in in the property they occupy, and also you know it's good for Uh, at least in the United States, traditionally, it's always been like a good um, uh, way for individuals and families to build kind of longer term financial security. So just by this kind of slow growth, then the value of equity that they have in their real estate. Um, But, you know, uh, over the years and really accelerated in the last few years, like it's becoming less and less accessible. So we started thinking about like, you know, how can we uh, utilize blockchain technology to address the problem. And so we start, we talk about it and people say, well, you know, how are you going to reduce the price of housing or real estate? And it's, you know, we kind of remind people, it's like not always about reducing the price. You know, there are a lot of other factors involved and like terms and conditions and things that where you can kind of play around with some things. And basically we take some pretty old school uh, kind of, alternative financing type concepts and 
apply them to the blockchain where you can like remove a lot of the trust issues or around those things. But uh, just in a nutshell, you know, we're doing three main things. We're tokenizing property and property rights uh, using NFTs. And uh, another uh, cool thing we're doing uh, that we think is cool anyway, uh, we're forming a DAO to let give people more um, potential access to like investment type properties, mm-hmm. uh, you know, kind of collectively community owned and managed property and, you know, also being able to potentially enjoy it depending, you know, on where the property is and uh, what type of property is. Uh, and then, you know, we're also uh, developing this, what we think is a really interesting like peer-to-peer application. So uh, basically two parties, you know, you or I or Jimmy and I could enter into a peer-to-peer smart contract to um, allow me to buy property directly from, from you. Mm-hmm. And basically you could finance we could enter into some sort of owner financing arrangement or lease purchase type arrangement, which is, you know, a little bit outside the norm of how a person would go about buying a house using a traditional mortgage and a real estate agent. Um, And then on top of all that, you know, I mean, we're starting to think of these pieces coming together as sort of, sort of an ecosystem. We think over time we'll actually be adding more components and we're also creating a token that, it's really designed to serve all the parts of the ecosystem. So uh, one thing that's really unique about it is that we're going to, uh, we're creating what we've kind of called a stable ish coin, you know, like we're not necessarily trying to peg to any uh, type of financial asset or digital asset, but we are uh, coming up with a concept where we can adjust the supply, uh, the circulating supply of the token to be proportional to um, the price of the real estate markets. So, you know, in, in the United States and I'm sure other developed countries, they have these price indices, you know, like that, uh, for example, in the United States, we have a, uh, probably the most renowned, uh, uh, home price index that comes out every month. And it basically just reflects the rate of increase or decrease of home prices. So, uh, basically we would, adjust the supply of the token in some proportion to the index so that the token that people are using to, you know, exchange real estate, trade real estate rights, whatever they're doing on the platform, you know, there's kind of this underlying uh, value proposition where it's, it's kind of aligned with the value of the real world assets. Interesting. You know, that, that does make sense. So, so that coin is very, um, specific to the, 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 the products and services that you'll be using it for. Right. Um, right. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. You know, we, uh, it, it, the concept kind of evolved out of this idea that, you know, if you, so just a little background, real estate price, home prices in the United States went up just under 20% last year and uh, talking to some other people, it's similar in, in Australia and other other countries around the world. So, you know, if someone is trying to save money uh, using U.S. dollars for a down payment for a property and 
<laughs> the value of the property is growing at a higher rate, then you know clearly it's going to be very hard to save for a down payment. So um, I've always had to, one thing that really got me interested in crypto in the first place is um, you know the the concept of sound money, right? So um, I've always kind of been of the school of thought that like it, it makes sense for maybe people to use a different type of currency for the thing that they're buying, you know, and, and uh, I think some other people are starting to establish this concept too. Like, you know, you could easily buy your coffee with a token that is pegged to the value of like the global coffee market. And you could buy your gasoline in a token that's pegged to the value of uh, gas and the energy industry. So, um, you know, it's a little bit of a, heady concept out there, but I think it's something that makes a lot of sense. And now we have the technology to allow us to uh, start to, you know, dabble in that. Yeah, interesting. So maybe just to recap a little bit. So there is this kind of tokenizing of property rights aspect. There's this DAO aspect, um, which allows people to maybe access investment investment properties, whatever. There's this peer-to-peer application that maybe could facilitate kind of buying and selling, maybe renting, assume that sort of stuff. Um, I'd love to go to the first one, the property rights. I know, I think I heard it in a Twitter space. You mentioned this notion of real estate is like a bundle of rights. For people out there that aren't familiar with this sort of terminology, including myself, um, could you maybe unpack what, rights mean in the context of real estate and maybe give some examples of of rights um, that would be part of this bundle of real estate uh, rights yeah for sure um you know it is a it's a concept that's pretty fundamental to kind of this like english common law based system that we have in the united states and other uh parts of the world that are kind of former you know, parts of the British empire and British colonies and things. Um, you know, I first learned about it when I was studying to be a real estate broker, like in my really early twenties. I mean, I had never heard of any such thing at all. You know, you, I like a lot of people, I thought, you know, you buy a house and you have the title to the house. And, but you know, what I, what I realized was like, I, you know, apparently back in say, kind of medieval times, like when people would transfer the ownership of property, you know, they didn't have like, obviously <laughs> wasn't digital. A lot of them didn't even have these things on paper, but, you know, they would take like this bundle of sticks and just random stuff they find on the property and like bundle it up and like kind of symbolically mm-hmm. hand it over to this next person. And um, so kind of what that kind of represents is like, you know, you have, you have the property, but you have within that, you have all these other rights. So, um, you know, the right of possess, possessing a property is a great example. And it's a pretty easy example because, you know, basically like that's your right to, to rent a property or it's your right to possess it. But so at the, at the same time, a person can own a property, you know, like own kind of what you call the fee simple title, which is basically represents this bundle. Like you can assign the right to possess a property to someone else. So it's like, I own the property, but I'm basically selling you the right 
to possess the property for a certain period of time. And basically that's what we know now as a rental agreement. Um, and you have the right to control the property. So to kind of use it in a way that's, you know, within the framework of the law, but you also have the right to exclude other people from entering the property or possessing the property in some way. You might have the right to sell the property. Um, and then the right to enjoy the property is, is another one. So like you can kind of do what you want to do on your private property, you know, for the most part within the, the law, within the realm of like whatever, you know, zoning regulations or whatever that you have to deal with. But, um, another interesting part of all that is like, you have, you have these like present day rights, but you can also own or assign these rights um, as like future rights. So mm. uh, something that we had an interesting question in a Twitter space, you know, there was a guy who was like, you know, through some kind of mechanism, he had, he had this future right to this property. Like he was going to inherit it or something. It was in a will, but at the time there was someone else living there in the property and like they were in his family and you know, they weren't taking care of the property. So it's like that person has a right to, you know, possess the property today, but he has this future right to own the property. So like the current guy with his rights is kind of affecting the guy's future rights, which have value. So it kind of illustrates the idea that, you know, there are all these different rights and at different times. And, you know, the way, um, the reason that's important is when you start thinking about one really cool way to access ownership of property, which is uh, pretty non-traditional, the, the mainstream uh, real estate professionals don't promote this. And it's, partly because it doesn't necessarily generate quick commissions for them. Uh, but like the idea of like a lease uh, with an option to purchase. So, so basically like, let's say I wanted to buy a house from you, Blaine. And um, let's say I don't have enough money to buy it, but you agree to rent it to me. Or, you know, let's say like you've been a, a landlord for quite a few years and I say, you have this house for rent and I say, okay, like, um, okay, I'd like to rent it for you for a couple of years, but I would also like to have the option to buy it at the end of a couple of years. And you might be like, okay, that's, I kind of want to sell the property eventually anyway. And if you're a good, a good buyer for the property, maybe I save myself a real estate commission. So, you know, basically what we're negotiating is this like present day right of possession so you still own the property, but I have the right to live there for a couple of years. And then I also have this option to buy it, which represents a future interest in the real estate, especially if I exercise the option. So um, you have to be able to kind of separate those individual pieces out so that you can, you know, if you want to tokenize things and make this kind of an orderly process, uh, that's kind of what we landed on in terms of the most efficient way to do that. All righty. So the, when we're talking about tokenizing property rights, um, that would entail the ability to tokenize all these different rights that fall under that. Like you could tokenize each 
stick within that bundle of rights. That's right. So, so, and is that, and I imagine, you know, if you can tokenize each kind of stick within that bundle, uh, there could be different owners of these sticks. Yeah. Is that, is that yeah. potentially correct? And is, is that a possible scenario in the current system? Like, is, is can you get that um, level, level of com- complexity within that property rights structure? Yeah. I mean, the answer is yes, you can. The problem is the executing it, right? So there's a lot of friction involved in every step. So there's not, uh, there aren't like these clean, like you can't go on online and get a template to do this. You know, like if it's, if it is an expensive property and things are really complicated, you're probably going to have to get an attorney and you're going to have to get other people involved. And so it's doable, but then, you know, it probably costs a lot of money to do. And so most people are going to say, okay, that's just not really worth it. So that's kind of, that. that's one reason like a lot of people just don't really do that right now. But if you mm-hmm. can tokenize these things and instantly record all of this immutably on a blockchain, you take out all that friction and you create all these efficiencies. So that's, that's really the magic of it. We're really not doing anything that people can't do today we're doing things that people can't do cost effectively today in a traditional way. Yeah. So in theory, these things could happen in the current system, but there's just a heap of friction for them to do that. And if you can tokenize it, integrate the blockchain into the solution, then that removes a lot of that friction and makes it more efficient. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a really good example, you know, going back to this lease purchase option type um, type of transaction, um, some people, you know, you might hear of this called like a rent to own or something like that. So, um, you know, unfortunately, so some people offer this to people, um, in almost like a predatory way. It's like, okay, well, we know you can't afford to buy the property. So I'll let you rent it for me for a few years. We'll negotiate a price that you can buy it in two years. But, you know, let's say, um, like Blaine, if you were a bad actor and I, I made my rental payments on time and I said, okay, I'm, I want to buy this property for, from you. I want to exercise my option. And, you know, we have an agreement for me to buy the property from you for say $200,000. And, but the market value of the property has risen. So now the property is worth $220,000. So, you know, as, as the owner of that option, like, you know, that's kind of like a form of equity that's built in there. So that, like that option, like if you think of it as one of the sticks in a bundle, like mm. that can be represented as a token that has value. And theoretically I could sell that option to buy the property to Jimmy, you know, if our smart contract doesn't prohibit something like that. But, you know, let's say you're a bad actor and you say, okay, well, I know I agreed to this with you, but I want either 220 for the property or I'm just not going to sell it to you or whatever. And so I'm kind of out of luck, right? Like Mm -hmm. I maybe have the option to go into the court system and try to sue you. Uh, But then again, it's kind of like, okay, is it even worth it? The time, the expense, the legal fees, the lawyers, (laughs) whereas, you know, we see a future where all of this is tokenized. And at some point the, the real estate rights that we're talking about tokenizing will have legal standing so that 
you know, the smart contract di- dictates everything so that you can't back out of the contract on me. You can't, you can't rug pull me. Right. So you have to follow through with your end of uh, the obligations per the smart contract. So the, the code is law in that scenario. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We're not quite there yet, you know, but that's the direction I think the industry is headed. So, yeah. And I, I, I like that sort of, um, if law could be codified somewhat, it just removes a lot of the, the, the grayness and the questionable decisions that can exist. Um, but that's a completely different um, topic that <laughs> is probably for a different podcast. Um, one thing I wanted to ask uh, was uh, in, because you guys are real fire project uh, as well. I think with real fire project, cause there's this, element of blockchain, this element of like real world. There's a lot of kind of like, and the, from the community angle, there's a lot of kind of exciting questions and kind of ideas of what this could turn into, stuff like that. Um, I was wondering, Jamie, what, what like from the community side of things, what, what, what are some of the exciting things that they kind of talk about with um, the future of this? Because it's, you know, this is, completely new territory uh, and the yeah. from my, from my experience it's kind of yeah there's some some everyone just gets yeah. so excited about the, the possibilities <laughs> so the neat thing about about like what i've done so far and like what i've seen so far is just like we get tons of questions and like when you see the level of questions that we get from the community it's like it, it's not like your traditional you know project that you would see on on blockchain like this is very different you get these questions that are sometimes and craig will tell you they're all over the place because as soon as you start talking about this your mind just goes everywhere like where could this go like there's so many different applications that i think uh this could apply to so we get a ton of great questions and there are obviously a lot of people who are you know they're into crypto and they're like well i was just buying this because the price sometimes goes up and I make money. Most of the time it goes down and I lose, but no, uh, but like you're saying, this has some like real world application. Like, tell me about that. Cause a lot of people just aren't really used to real world application and, and in something as important as like, I mean, it's the biggest investment most people will make in their lives. So to find kind of a, a new revolutionary way of doing that, I think really piques a lot of people's interests and curiosities. But then, like I said, you could just you could just see the wheels turning when we start talking about it. The questions that come up are are pretty like they're they're all really great questions. Some get pretty interesting though, as Craig will tell you. <laughs> There's some crazy ones. Yeah, well, I mean this this the intersection of blockchain and, and real world. Like even if you're just looking at crypto, just on chain stuff there's a million, millions of different use cases just in that world alone. But the moment you overlap that with the real world, that kind of like triples or quadruples, like the potential use cases, I think. Absolutely. So it's naturally, you just got to get all these kind of questions. And I find that so um, you know, interesting hearing them from the, from the community, but also just uh, like from like inside the team as well. Like there's just so many things to, to think about and so many, um, ideas, almost too many ideas sometimes, it seems. Yeah, that's a good, good way to put it. Uh, you know, it is, it is hard to uh, kind of boil this down to the essence of, of 
of what I can be without, without it being too overwhelming, you know? So we, we have to be really careful about like, you know, how we, how we describe things, you know, like in our, in our marketing and on our website and like paper and everything, because it can get overwhelming very quickly. Like if, if we tried to just create a long list of like all the cool things you could do with GoPi, <laughs> like it would just, it would be too much, you know? And yeah. uh, I don't, we don't want to blow people's minds too, too much, you know, but it always reminds me of a funny quote from, uh, I think it was John Oliver, like on one of his uh, segments, uh, talking about crypto is like, uh, you know, it's everything you don't understand about money combined with everything you don't understand <laughs> about crypto or um, uh, computers, excuse me. And yeah. so now it's like also everything you don't understand about real estate all combined into <laughs> one, uh, one project. That's giving me a headache. Just thinking about that. <laughs> Uh, speaking of some of the, the cool ideas, you mentioned earlier the, the kind of the peer-to-peer -peer application. Um, I'm just trying to visualize how that would work in terms of where you would tokenize throughout that process. Um, can we maybe step through a simplified version of that process? Let's say you're selling a home. I'm pretty keen on that home. It's got nice, it's got nice roof. It's got nice doors or whatever. I want to buy that home. <laughs> Um, how would we go about that process um, on, say, the GoKey platform? And at what stages of that process would we start tokenizing things like tokenizing the home, tokenizing property rights, tokenizing the, the warranty digs? I, I know that's your pinned thing on your Twitter post as well, which I'm keen to kind of um, hear about as well. But yeah, maybe stepping through the, the simplified version of, of what that process would look like. Yeah. So kind of, here's kind of the process we're envisioning. So, you know, let's say somehow you've discovered this, this property for sale. So, you know, and in the future, we envision having, you know, essentially a directory online, sort of like a map based direct directory. So, mm -hmm. you know, let's say you're moving to the city where, where I own this house and you mm -hmm. find it on, on the map from, for Goki. And it says, you know, this house is for sale or you can, you know, maybe we'll sell it with owner financing, something like that, because I just want to deal directly with you, not have to pay a commission. I don't have a better place to, to park the money if you were to pay me cash. So I'm just going to let you make monthly payments to me. So uh, just as an example, so you and I would get in contact with each other and figure out what it is we want to do. So um, we decide we want to do like an owner financing type deal. And so we'll say, okay, we need uh, some different NFTs. So like we would have kind of a fee simple NFT that we would mint. And then what we do after that is kind of flexible, but, you know, let's say, um, you know, thinking back to this bundle of rights type of concept, we create, we decide, okay, we need to mint some NFTs that, you know, let's say I'm going to, going to uh, finance you for like two years, you know, just for simple math. And then after two years, maybe you go get a loan somewhere else, or maybe we re-up our, our deal or whatever, but that way neither of us are locked in for too long. So maybe we create, like 24 other NFTs and like each month you're buying 
that NFT. Like mm-hmm. that essentially is proving like, it's almost like a receipt for the payment that you're making. And it's like, it's your right to live there. Um, you know, your right to essentially own it for that month, but I'm still going to maintain ownership of the, the kind of fee simple warranty deed NFT um, until we go through that. So the timing of when we do that, you know, we're still trying to dial in what that exact process would look like. I mean, if we were to do it today, it would be a very manual like type of process because, you know, there's a certain amount of due diligence, due diligence that both parties would probably want to do. I mean, like you as a buyer would probably want to do some kind of investigation to make sure that I do actually own the house and I mm-hmm. have legal ability to sell it to you. So, you know, that's something that right now we're kind of prepared to help work the parties through, but then, you know, we would go, basically we would uh, visit a, an online library of these smart contract templates. So basically we would say, okay, here's the owner financing smart contract, you know, here we're going to fill in the price. We're going to fill in, you know, who you are, who I am, and then we'll both sign the smart contract and deploy it to the blockchain. And then, you know, make those tokens a part of it. So I would need to, uh, you know, as we develop it, you know, hopefully we can come back and, and talk again about how yeah, that definitely. process is starting to look. Yeah, because that that is something you can like visualize playing out. Like it's, um, it's you know, buying homes and selling, oh, I, I've never bought a home, but like, um, you know, it's, it's a normal thing that you see happening. Um, less so for younger people, <laughs> but um, it, it seems like a natural fit for for NFTs, and um, because of that sense of ownership, NFTs are all about kind of this this digital ownership and linking that ownership of something physical, and then being able to break that down and in different ways is so fascinating. Um, yeah, so yeah, we'll definitely come back on again and, and kind of. Um, elaborate on, on, on that part. Um, one thing I wanted to talk about, I know on your Twitter, oh, yeah, actually, uh, that's one thing I want to talk about, the, the warranty deed on, on your Twitter. So that's pinned to your Twitter. Can you maybe, what is a warranty deed, um, maybe first of all? And, um, yeah, talk about why that is kind of a, a a big deal is that kind of like the overarching nft like if we talk about nfts and there's different like layers layers of ownership and if you visualize it kind of as like you know those russian dolls where they're all nested in each other would the warranty deed be kind of the the main one would that be the main or what is a warranty deed yeah yeah so a warranty deed um is really designed sometimes it'll be called a general warranty deed. And it's exactly that. So it's kind of the all encompassing title, right? So if you, if you have the general warranty deed on a piece of property, it's basically understood that you own and control all of the bundle of rights. So one way to really look at it is, you know, you have the bundle of rights and those maybe are different NFTs, but you have this like strap or 
string or whatever that ties it all together. That's the general warranty. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. So, um, you know, technically I, I think what we created there might be, uh, probably more accurately described as a special warranty deed, which sometimes means, you know, like this isn't your normal warranty deed <laughs> because, you know, that NFT really isn't the warranty deed. It's just kind of a, we think of it as a digital wrapper around the actual uh, warranty deed that's recorded in our local jurisdiction and in the land registry. So all we're doing really is taking that and putting a digital wrapper around it so that you can start to interact with it in new ways and move it back and forth if, if you wanted to. Um, you know, if, uh, you know, just for context, like that deed represents uh, a, an actual piece of property. It's a small building lot that I own in the city um, where I live. And, you know, it's, if I wanted to transfer that to someone, you know, I could send you that NFT today. And I think you and I would both say, okay, we agree that this is a digital wrapper, right? Like as the two parties to the transaction, we have this understanding and we're going to say for both of us, this is, this is a good representation, you know, to really make it legal and completely binding. We would need to sign some paperwork and sign something at the jurisdiction today. But in the future, let's say the county where I live like had all of its land records on the blockchain. Um, and, you know, you could easily, uh, there, there wouldn't be this like layer of friction in between, you know, it's just all part of the same uh, type of system. So it's, it's interesting trying to make this leap to a digital system from you know, this kind of analog paper-based system that we have now, but lots of conversations with people in the, in the title industry, which, you know, they're, they're big players in, in the real estate industry here. And that's, that's the direction they want to go because like for their business, oh, really? it's much more efficient. And, oh yeah. Because like, you know, where we live, where I live um, and every state is different. Every County is different. So, you know, we have pretty advanced, type of land registration, you know, compared to like Mozambique or some of the countries where you guys operate. Um, but it's still very fragmented. So it, it, it creates some challenges there. Like if we, if we could get everyone on the same blockchain, then it would be uh, much easier. But so, so now basically when, uh, you know, when I bought this property that I'm in now, you know, in this state, you receive what's called an abstract of title. And it's this like huge, thick bundle of documents that trace the ownership of the property all the way back to, you know, I, I live on a on property that's uh, part of a uh, an Indian reservation, the Osage Reservation. So, you know, it goes all the way back to when the United States, like basically, um, I forget the right word for it, but they basically granted this land to the Osage Indians. And then every owner after that, as even as the parcel, I, I live on like about an acre, but you know, the parcels get smaller and smaller so you can trace it all the way back. So it's kind of like the original, like layer one chain. It's a very similar uh, mm -hmm. kind of parallel in terms of like, um, you know, just showing what, what is commonly called the chain of title. So that's always been one of the earliest uh, 
conceptual uses of blockchain in the industry is like basically digitizing the chain of title. And it's really the same thing. We kind of think of like, um, you know, what Goki's doing as kind of this digital version, like almost like a layer two on top of a layer one <laughs> analog blockchain with the assets on that chain being like a paper deed. And so we're basically just working in parallel on top of that until hopefully in the future, the two systems will sort of merge. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully. I mean, that's the whole interoperability stuff. Um, people normally talk about that in terms of blockchains, but I like that also think about it in terms of interoperability with off-chain systems as well. That's probably- That's a great way to put it. Um, you just need interoperability all, all around really. Um, all righty. Uh, we're kind of nearing the end. Um, I wanted to talk about the, the, how people can connect with you guys. I know you've got your ISBO around the corner. Um, maybe you want to talk about that and, and just generally how the, anyone listening to this, how they can kind of connect with you guys and support your work. What are your socials? Is it Twitter, discord? Um, yeah, that sort of stuff for the, the listeners out there. Yeah, yeah I, would say, uh, I would say all of the above. We have, uh, <laughs> we got a, a Discord server that's been up for a while, a couple hundred members. Telegram is obviously available. The Twitter, uh, I mean, we're, we're, we're not hard to find. Uh, the, as far as the Discord server and the Telegram, we're on it pretty much every day. I have both of them linked to my phone, so does Craig. So uh, typically when, uh, when questions come in, we're, we're, we're pretty quick to answer them. We also have a subreddit channel that we just created. Uh, so more information is going to be coming up on there. Um, probably missing a few things. Craig, pick me up, man. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, you can really reach uh, all the all the socials from our website. Um, you know, if you scroll down to the bottom of our homepage, that's where they all are now. Uh, we'll mm -hmm. probably move a few of them up higher on the page so they're easier mm -hmm. and quicker to find. The so ones the, that uh, we interact with probably more free, frequently. Uh, but yeah, we do have, uh, and that's at goki.network, just for the record. Um, we do have an ISPO coming up. And I'm uh, pretty excited about that. So it's going to start with uh, Epoch 342. And, um, you know, it's always been really important to us. You know, decentralization is important. And also trying to distribute tokens in kind of the most fair and democratic and public and transparent way possible. So we really like the ISPO model for that. And... Um, so we're going to run that for a while and uh, hopefully we can raise some funds for further development, especially on the technical side. Um, and then at, at some point in the future, we'll have, uh, we'll convert our stake pool uh, to something that is, you know, more of a traditional margin and everything, but we're also uh, delegators can earn other types of tokens. And, you know, I think right now the thought is linking that up with our DAO. So like people who are staking for a long time uh, or in significant amounts can earn even more governance tokens or NFTs associated with the DAO. So that's still pretty, pretty early days, but, um, you know, we're happy to take any kind of questions or, you know, love to hear from everyone. We're just want people to kind of understand what we're working on and 
why we think it's important and, um, you know, continue to, uh, uh, you know, engage with everyone and uh, help people get their questions answered because typically there are quite a few. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I can uh, resonate with that. I think, um, yeah. So the social media links will be in the description and yeah. I invite anyone listening to, yeah, pop on over to whatever their social media of choice and engage, ask any questions, all that sort of stuff. Um, yeah, I, yeah, the, yeah, I think there will be a number of, um, a bit of overlap in our communities, um, but those that have, are just kind of learning about Goki for the first time, um, yeah, definitely recommend checking them out. Um, before I get onto the last question, is there anything you wanted to touch on that we haven't touched on? You know, I don't, I don't really have much, man. I think we gave it a pretty good, pretty good overview. And, mm. um, you know, I think, um, one thing that I've always thought was interesting about, uh, Impala when I first learned about them, you know, I think it was maybe Glenn, maybe he was on a podcast or, Twitter space and talking about the deficiencies in like the African land registries and financing markets and all of that. And kind of talking about like how in America and other developed countries, like it's much more developed and uh, it, it is, but, you know, we still look at it every day with like, you know, there's still so much room for improvement. So <laughs> I, yeah. you know, we kind of like, uh, just want to help people understand that who are like in other international markets that, you know, maybe look at the way things are set up in the United States and be like, well, why, why do you even need some, something to make that process better? And, uh, you know, believe me, there are plenty of ways <laughs> it could be better and more efficient. So, yeah, I think that's applicable to most, um, well, not most, or maybe probably most, a lot of industries out there could be improved upon with, with blockchain. It's not to say that all industries need blockchain. There's probably some that don't, but there's definitely a lot that could make use of it. And I think real estate, the construction industry, architecture, that is definitely one where I see use case. Like my background is in architecture uh, and construction. And yeah. Um, yeah, there's one of my friends is, um, also quite heavily involved in the Cardano space. We went to uni together and we've been talking for years just about how uh, inefficient some parts of that uh, can be and how, you know, blockchain, um, when it matures, can um, hopefully solve a lot of those. So uh, last question, um, this probably maybe links back to what we are just talking about earlier, but... Um, what excites you the most about the future of real FI? So looking into the future, maybe five, 10 years from now, um, this real FI thing that we talk about in Cardano, what kind of gets you excited about the future of, of, of real FI? Um, maybe, maybe asking both of you, so whoever wants to. Yeah, Jimmy, you want to take this one first? I'm, oh, you know, I... I don't know. It's, it's hard to answer that for me because like, I'm still, you know, up until I met Craig, there was, uh, there was just a lot that I didn't know about all of this kind of stuff. So like me coming into this, I don't even know 
how far like down we could go with this. And, and I think that's probably the most exciting thing about it for me is just like, what are the possibilities? And, you know, every day that we kind of get together, I'm typically learning something new. Uh, so I, I, I think that my answer is going to be way more underwhelming than Craig's answer, because this is like, yeah, he's, he's got the, he's got the dream and I'm kind of, uh, I'm learning and I'm along for the ride. Uh, so, you know, for me, really, it's, it, it has everything to do with just, uh, you know, I'm just, I'm still learning, like, what are the possibilities and, and how far can this go? Uh, yes, yeah, so I, yeah. I, I'm actually more interested in, in, in Craig, cause I have I, I just like <laughs> so my mind about that kind of stuff. I mean, the, yeah. the, the possibilities is super exciting. I mean, that in and of itself is kind of enough, I think, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, the, you know, when you talk about real and if you're talking about it in the cons context of like real world applications for blockchain, I mean, the world's a very big place and there are a lot of, a lot of people, um, a lot of problems that could be, that <laughs> I think quite a few can start to be addressed more effectively this way, you know, whether it's anything from, you know, the things we're talking about in, in real estate or, you know, helping address like climate issues and things like that, which there are projects on Cardano working on, um, health records, identity, all of this, all of these things. Um, you know, at the end of the day, for me, it's like just about trying to make people's lives better and hopefully kind of be like a counterweight to kind of the way, kind of the traditional system of doing things is kind of seems like it's kind of gone off the rails. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> a lot of people are not, uh, are kind of being left out while, a smaller amount of people like reap a lot of benefits and, you know, they are, they're more insulated from the problems, you know, that some of them are, and their huge corporations are, are causing. And uh, so I kind of look at all of this as like sort of a free market based type of solution that more people can get involved with to kind of help maybe swing the pendulum back the other way. But, you know, like, like we're talking about the, you know, like there's so many ways that that can happen in the future that, uh, you know, I'm really excited about seeing what other ideas, other projects come up with, because, you know, almost every day in this space, I see something that's like, wow, that's really cool. I wish I thought of that type of ideas, you know, so. Yeah, great keeps answers. It, keeps us up and motivated every, every day. Yeah. I think if we could transport, transport, uh, time travel five, 10 years into the future is going to look great from a real, hopefully it looks great from a real five perspective and it's going to be completely different to what we even anticipate now. Like that's going back to what you're saying, Jimmy, about the possibilities. Uh, I think that is, is true. Like it's, this, it's, it's hard to comprehend what could materialize from this. Uh, and I just, I can't wait five years 10 years um, just being able to see what that world looks like hopefully it's a hopefully it's a good one